Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast here on this Monday, November 16th, 2020. On the show today, part one of my crossover conversation with Locked On Phillies podcast host, Dan Wilson. Dan and I talk about the Nationals and the Phillies, what they need in free agency. We compare free agency uh, and MLB to other sports as well, too. It's a fun kind of holistic conversation. So this is part one coming today. Part two will be coming on Tuesday. Hope you guys enjoy. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Today, it is a crossover edition of Locked On MLB Podcasts. It is Locked On Phillies meets Locked On Nationals. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining me today, my friend and host of the Locked On Phillies podcast, Dan Wilson. Hello, Dan. How are you? What's up, Josh? How's it going? It is It is so great. Baseball is so fun right now. Um, just a lot to talk about. Uh, this is the part of the season we all live for. Like it is, it's, it's embarrassing to me how much better NBA free agency is than even football free agency is like more, more exciting than this. It, well, it's just because I guess we live in a generation, you know, I'm going to sound like the old guy at the bar now where we, where we want everything so fast. Like no one wants to wait around for anything to happen. I'm in no way suggesting that this is better than basketball or football for agency, but it's entirely based upon like something's going to happen and I want it now and I'm not going to wait around for it. Well, I just don't like the staring contest, right? Like there's like, there's the idea of it's cheap, right? It's people being cheap. I guess in the NBA, there's one thing is like, everybody knows how much, like you can spend a certain amount of money. So really well, that's what it is. That's exactly everybody's, what it is. Yeah, everybody's playing with the same amount of, you know, amount of, uh, of, of chips, if you will. And this is not the case in baseball, right? So if you're, if you know, if you're the A's and you're trying to sign a certain player, it is more advantageous for you to wait and see if, especially during, you know, these times that we're in right now to see if a player's value will drop. Uh, you know, I think it's also a lot of teams that are normally big spenders are also looking to that too, right? I mean, even the Phillies and, and the Nationals teams that usually do spend a, a good amount of money and have been willing to in the past are kind of sitting there and saying, let's not go grab guys. Let's just see if we can get their value to drop first. If, you know, if you're a guy with a regular nine to five job and you have a bunch of billionaires as friends, you're probably not setting the ante at the poker table if you're playing with them. That's fair. I mean, it's, that is very fair. You know, so can you really blame them? Uh, no, and that's that's totally fine. And and I just did expect a bit more traction on the big names, right? You think that those guys are kind of recession proof. Like I think Springer... And I, I think LeMahieu is going to join them too. I think Springer and Real Muto are recession proof. I have questions about Bauer just because sample size is pretty small, to be honest. Josh, but, do you do you remember what day Bryce Harper got signed on? February twenty eighth. Yeah, that is true. February twenty eighth. The Phillies were in spring training when he got signed. It's just so dumb, so stupid. Didn't it's NBA how- trades? Didn't NBA trades allow, allow them to happen? What like a few days ago? I believe the trade and Chris Paul just got traded to the, you know, Chris Paul just got traded to the sun. So, I mean, we're, we're sitting here and, you know, like that's exciting. It's, we got more NBA news than we have baseball news. We're sitting here on our hands. I mean, Robbie Ray got signed last week. So good for him. And, you know, there's rumblings about, uh, about, uh, Yadier Molina. It's like, Oh, exciting. The 38 year old catcher. You got a little buzz there. Right. You know, He's been around forever. You know, he can check out anytime he likes. Yeah. He's never going to leave. He'll always be in baseball. Does anyone really believe he'll play anywhere other than St. Louis? I I know there are guys who 
play their entire career in one spot and never think they're going to leave such as, you know, Tom Brady. I don't think anyone really believed until it actually happened that he would play anywhere other than new England, but there you go. He's playing in Tampa. People thought that Derek Jeter was going to play in Milwaukee's final season. Right. Never happened though. Right. <laughs> I could not. Could you imagine that? Derek, Derek Jeter, Jeter is just at Miller park, you know, the last season of it, you know, it's like, what the hell are we doing here? It's just, that, that would be unbelievable. Well, it's a classic, um, a classic example of a guy who had, I mean, a good career, but was always there. Like he never won the MVP. He was never the best player. Well, he was Mr. Yankee. I mean, he's just like, he's Mr. Yankee. but yeah. imagine if he had that same career in Milwaukee, like he wouldn't get the same recognition on the way out. He wouldn't have every celeb celebrity, you know, yes. tipping tap and some Gatorade commercial on the way out. It's, that, it's that New York market, man. It's that New York market. That's why, you know, yay. Not everybody can handle it. That's why Jeter's a real star. You know, not everybody can handle that. The pressures of, of, of the New York market. I, that is also one of the most, played out storylines when it comes to free agency. I mean, I feel like it's only a big thing in, in basketball. Like, yes, the fans are overreactionary. Like that's just a part of fandom, but good players are just, they're good players. You know what I mean? Like, and they should be, they should be fine. And baseball is one of those sports where, you know, you can slump, things do come and go, but you know, if you're signing like Aaron judge hurt a lot, right. Hurt a lot. But I mean, when he plays, he's awesome. That's one of those things that we know, like with John Collar stand when he is healthy, we know he is awesome. Yeah, the best ability, the best ability is availability. True, you and know, that's why they like Luke Voigt. Jordan Reed is a phenomenal was oh, a phenomenal why you fantasy tight end. Why would you have to do that? It was a phenomenal fantasy tight end, but the guy doesn't play half the season. That so that's a zero in, in the scorecard. Why would you do that to me? Talk about Jordan Reed. You know that's still a sensitive issue for me here in Washington. We we love Jordan Reed. Yeah, but he eagle played. killer too. He was always very good against the Eagles. Yeah, if he actually well, tight every tight end kills the Eagles. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If he, if he ever did play, that was the big thing. Um, plays four games a year, big deal, right? <laughs> uh, targets that we have similar. Both are, both of these teams have similar. I think one is JT Real Muto, right? That's the obvious one. That's that's the hot name. So what's what's the buzz on the Phillies and Real Muto? What is the the latest on that saga? Because it is a the, saga at this point. The latest is there starts they're starting to be well, there already has been a sense that he may not come back. I've read a number of trade rumor articles, seen a little bit of buzz that maybe the a team like the Phillies wouldn't want to go all out out on someone like JT Real Muto and they quote unquote settle for a guy like James McCann who won't demand the same type of money or years uh, for two catchers who are both in that age 30 range. Additionally, the Mets teams like the Mets have now new ownership, new front office, and you got the Phillies president of baseball operations, Andy McVale saying things a few weeks ago, like no one wants to uproot during a pandemic. And so we're not going to hire a new GM in the short term. Now there was another article by Todd Zalecki and MLB.com a few days ago, suggesting that maybe they're going to pull back a little bit on that and perhaps they'll look for the right person because that argument's not going to hold up. The Marlins just hired uh, a new GM. The Angels hired a new GM, I believe. The Sixers in Philadelphia hired a new president of basketball operations and Daryl Morey just two days before he said that. I don't think anyone's, quite literally anyone, is buying the argument that they can't find a new GM. Andy McPhail's in the final year of his contract doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to have any motivating factor behind him to find anyone super quickly he can kind of just play it out not really care and this is kind of a horrible time to do that you have primes of Aaron Nola Bryce Harper Alec Bohm who came up this year already seems to you know really he already shined 
as a major league baseball player, finished second in the rookie of the year voting. So you have all these pieces that are in place that you kind of need to stri- strike while the iron's hot. And meanwhile, they're saying things like, eh, we'll see how free agency plays itself out. And they might not go all out on a guy like JT Real Muto. They may, if the Mets want to quote unquote overpay for him or spend big because Andy Cohen's looking to make a big splash. Andy they- Cohen, you mean Steve Cohen. Sorry, Steve Cohen. Andy Cohen's the uh, yes TV host. Yes. Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen. If Steve Cohen's looking to make a big splash, that I think I've actually made that Andy Cohen mistake before here on this podcast. If Steve Cohen's looking to make a big splash, they might go let him do it. The going rate, uh, according to sources like MLB Trade Rumors, says maybe it's a five-year, $125 million contract. Quite honestly, I don't know if the Phillies would go and do that. And they also have other free agents to worry about, such as Didi Gregorius. What are they going to do? At shortstop next season, where they move Gene Segura back there, but now you're looking at maybe someone like Scott Kingery, who did not have a good season playing second base every day. I don't really know how these pieces are going to fall. And don't even get me started on the atrocity that was the bullpen last year. And I don't necessarily have confidence that this front office is, you know, necessarily up to the task or is super motivated to get out there and find some difference makers for this team in 2021. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar ever made. The new and improved Built Bar has six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barchia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Those go along with the 12 original flavors Built Bar has. All of them have chocolate, six with nut, six without nut. Coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, Built Bar is a very limited time offer. With your purchase at BuiltBar.com, you have a chance to get a free cooler while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Every team's got a bad bullpen. I mean, well, not every team's got a bad bullpen, but like the, a lot of teams have down bullpens. And I, I think Josh, what, not every team has a historically bad right. bullpen. I, I think, I do. think the the best way, in my opinion, to rebuild it is normally is to go. I talk about this a lot. Don't go spend big money on on free agent bullpen arms. It's it's not a good investment. And there's a lot of times where you can find guys who just need changes in scenery, and you know you can just kind of find. I, I think flexibility in the beginning of the season comes to your bullpen is smart. I think discovering, you know, what guy works and what role is kind of the way to go. I know people don't like that because there's some variation there, but you know, you you have opportunities to find guys, and you know, the Nats did this year like Tanneraney, right? The guy that they didn't expect to be that good and ended up being really awesome for them. Um, you know, just because you pay a guy big dollars does not mean he's going to be your eighth inning guy. I think the the Mets learned the same thing with Edwin Diaz, right? Maybe an eighth inning spot is a better spot for him. You know, I think having that flexibility is smart. Well, getting back to Real Muto, thing, like, it just feels so up in the air. And I, th- I think he's one of those guys where I think he might take the Bryce path, right? I think because he, he's good friends with Bryce, where he does, like you mentioned, take more time to decide where he wants to go. Uh, I would not be surprised if at the very earliest January, we're looking at a contract for him. I don't think he's in a rush at all. Yeah, he's got no he's got no time to, you know, there's, there's really no rush for him. Now, um, I think the other side of that is... No, I did say they're recession proof. If there's a situation where the coronavirus gets a lot worse and we're now concerned about not just fans in the stands for, you know, 2020 or 2021 rather, that's where you could 
take a hit, right? Like I think you got to be careful here because if things look worse in January than they do now, and you know, I'm not saying they will, but look, it's possible. It's, it's a very possible. It's very much possibility. I mean, the, you know, we're midway through November. I think it's something you have to consider. You know, how hot are you know uh, how worried about our teams going to be about signing JT Rio Muto when they're worried about oh my God, no fans at all in 2021 or a thousand fans in 2020, you know, a game. So I think that's something that he's going to have to consider and probably Springer's going to have to consider, um, you know, while the iron is hot in terms of, Hey, we're thinking about you right now, you, you know, free agency building the team is the main focus before. Cause I mean, th- these talks are going to start very soon about how we play baseball in 2021, right? Those talks honestly should be starting now. Now. Right. So um, I think that is, I think that is important. I think, I think that is something we, we keep in mind too, that, you know, yeah, you can wait. And I, I think Bryce waited a little bit too long, but be mindful of the other circumstances that could cause you, you know, your value to drop that are completely out of your control. Yes. Uh, look, it's a fluid situation. It was, no one really knew how baseball was going to come back in 2020. They ultimately got 60 games. The Cardinals didn't even quite, and Tigers didn't even quite get 60 games. They got 58 each. Cardinals are playing doubleheaders every day down the stretch. You take after what other sports did. I think the bubble idea certainly works better. Now, the NBA and NHL had that luxury to go to a bubble format for the playoffs, and even that was still kind of long. The Lakers ended up spending a hundred days to win their title in Orlando. Yeah. So that's still a long time, but right. it is the safest way to do it. What the NFL is kind of doing this year, I get it's an outdoor sport. They're kind of just, I've gotten the sense just kind of going with it just because the TV money is so lucrative that they have to continue playing and certain stadiums are allowing people certain stadiums are not. Whether it's a good idea, I mean, we're, again, not to get into, we're not health experts, but we're hitting all-time highs for a country worldwide of coronavirus cases. Do we really need to have fans in the stands right now? Who's to say? And again, if it gets worse through December and January and flu season, are we looking at baseball opening day? Forget having fans in the stands. Are we right back where we started a year ago? And is it even safe to be having players play? Because if there's a breakout, again, in a 162 game season, you're going to have a lot harder time trying to fill those games in. Should they be allotting more off days for this thing? I don't know, but you're right. They need to discuss this now. I had Tim Kelly, my predecessor, on a few weeks ago, and we were saying they they need to figure this out now just to kind of get some of these pieces with free agency moving. There's a lot of unknowns, whether it's that, whether it's some of these rule changes that they put in for 2020, not really deciding one way or another whether they're going to utilize them again there was a rumor but i don't think it's been made official yet unless you know otherwise regarding no dh coming back to the national league in 2021 so i so i i spoke with rj anderson of cbs sports last week and he told me it felt like that there might be and okay so but but at at worst at worst 2021 is when it happens but but that's that's the point we don't know for sure right and for a guy like jt real muto to not know whether there's a DH on half the teams in baseball or not. If you're looking at the Phillies, you're saying, look, that's 20, 30 and 162 game season, maybe 40 more games in our lineup because he can be a designated hitter and not have to be behind the plate. Isn't that a huge deal that I agree. Probably I mean, decided now. Well, you know, also two guys like Marcelo Zuna, right? You know, uh, exactly. Nelson, Nelson, Nelson Cruz, Cruz. I mean, Nelson Cruz, is the guy who, you know, whose market for the last three or four years 
has been teams, you know, 15 teams, right? Uh, now it could be 30, but you now don't, be, but we don't know yet. And that, that is one issue that I've, I have, I do share my frustrations um, with you on that. Uh, that is something that, you know, and, and I'm hoping we get some resolution on that very soon. At worst, you know, those guys could play in the outfield for one year and, and end up, you know, uh, I mean, imagine we're talking about NFL and NBA free agency, and I'm trying to think what a good analogy in one of those sports would be because there is no DH analogy in one of those sports. But imagine if there was a major, major rule change that affected some big name free agent in the NBA. You wouldn't go sign him if that was up in the air because mm-hmm. you don't know what his value is. Right. Well, I mean, it would equivalent to this, like, you know, the three batter minimum, I mean, change the market for some guys, you know, particularly, especially for lefties, left-handed guys. Yeah. Right. I mean, those, you know, they're the calculus change, right? Like uh, just picking a left-handed guy, Jerry Blevins, you don't want him facing three people. So then his, then his value, you know, just entirely is different. It, the equivalent would be, and bear with me on this. If in the NBA, you could actually sub out guys for offense and defense on every possession and someone like, you know, Lou Williams was allowed to sub out on defense every time. Right. Ma- he, the guy would be a max contract. Pl- he like already Kyle, Qu- Kyle Corver doesn't play defense anymore. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 they already make a ton of money. He would be the highest paid player in basketball. <laughs> right. Uh, there is there is some news actually just breaking right now that the Braves have signed Drew Smiley. I believe it's a one year, eleven million dollar deal. So Drew Smiley is in that class, you know, kind of in that Robbie Ray class, right? A guy who's going to get around one two year deals. A decent amount of cash too. And for the Braves, you know, that's an arm that I had mentioned as a possibility for the Nationals. Now, I don't know what the Phillies Phillies starting rotation looks, but those, I I think. Smiley's a former Philly from 2019. It is true. Yeah, that is true. Right. Right. So the idea of of Drew Smiley, uh, you know, on the Nationals, a guy like him or Robbie Ray or Taiwan Walker, two of those three guys that I'd mentioned kind of who are up for those, you know, those spots who are around the age of 30 and, up for a one, two year deal where, you know, they could, if they have a good season, they could really get themselves a three or four year contract to get themselves in their mid thirties. One of those guys is gone now. Um, how do you, how do you feel about the Phillies rotation as, as a whole? Are they looking to fill any holes here in, in, um, in free agency? I think they need to, I don't think they can leave it on un, untouched. Um, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are obviously the top of the rotation. They're two best pitchers. You're looking at, you know, a guy like Spencer Howard, who maybe could go either way. He came up as a rookie this season, not as good of a year as you'd like him to. I still believe he can be a starting pitcher in this rotation. Zach Eflin, of course, be another starter, but that's four guys. I don't want to see another season of Vince Velasquez. I think that is horrible, horrible, horrible baseball operations malpractice. If Vince Velasquez is has another starting rotation spot in 2021, so absolutely, I would be okay with them signing someone, maybe not a, a big name pitcher like a Trevor Bauer or anything like that, but one of these veteran guys you get on a short-term deal to kind of fill up a spot. They're not going to go after someone. They just got burned on a Jake Arrieta contract. I would be surprised if they spend their money there. Real Muto and Gregorius are the two names that they're probably focusing most of their attention on. But you're right. Some of these, uh, I'll say, veteran pitchers, who aren't looking for these big lucrative contracts that their market isn't really that affected by, I'll say, the big dominoes falling. They can sign now, can kind of just set up their life for 2021, get it out of the way. And if someone's willing to offer them a contract like Smiley with the Braves, like a Robbie Ray, then so be it. Go get a guy like that. I would, I think they need to address at least one rotation spot 
it's not their biggest need. It's not they don't necessarily know who their starting shortstop or catcher is to the biggest positions on the field. They don't know virtually what much of the bull, much if any of the bullpen is going to look like in 2021. But you can't roll Vince Velasquez out again for like the sixth consecutive year at this point as a starting pitcher. It just doesn't work. All right, that will do it for part one of our crossover conversation with Dan Wilson of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Look for part two in your podcast feed tomorrow.